0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Father's Day is coming up. And as a father, I can tell you there is a good gift out there, and it actually does come from Navman. Now, I will have this product in my Father's Day segment coming up on Studio 10, but I want to tell you about it real quick right now. It's the MyView 900 dual camera. The reason why this dash cam is actually going to be a great gift is for a couple of reasons. One it's the dual camera system, front and rear recording. It's going to have the full HD 1080p recording. It's also got the G sensor. It's got the low light sensor as well and GPS tagged video. So it will know exactly where you were, what speed you were doing, what the impact was like if something should occur. And at $299, it is a cracker of a product for the money. Now, there's no better way to show your dad that you've got his back then getting him a rear camera because the rear camera is unfortunately the one thing where it captures most accidents. So many camera accidents these days do happen nose to tail. And unfortunately, if you don't have that rear camera, you may miss the fact that that person who ran at the back of you was looking at their phone, looking at the lady outside or whatever it was. They were distracted. You've got the video evidence to prove it. It wasn't your fault. It never, never was. Now, do check out the entire range at navman.com.au. You have got time between now and Father's Day, so do not do it on last minute. You will regret it. Let's get on with the show. Jeff multi-Australian Sydney. Tech expert, Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani, thank you very much from Sydney. Jeff Quattromani is here. And now it's time to talk technology with Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. What the heck? Let's talk tech. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever it is that you are listening to this show. Thank you for shooting into Technology Uncorked. I'm really excited today. We have a bit of an interesting episode for you today. We're going to talk about some foldable devices, we're going to talk about robot revenge, and then we're going to dig into two products from Google where I've had some embargoes drop where I can officially tell you all about the Google Pixel 6a as well as the Pixel Buds Pro. So if you're in the Google camp or if you're interested in Google products, they will be ones to tune in for and to stay listening about. First of all though, We have to talk about the wine that I have in my hand. Now, last weekend, I went out to Berry. I've been to Berry in probably 10, 15 years. It's been a very, very long time. Went down there and surprise, surprise, there's also a couple of vineyards. It seems like wherever you go, you may still find somewhere that's growing some grapes and making some wine. Now, I have a glass from Silo's Estate. It's called the Long Neck Malbec. And I can tell you, this is delicious. I I didn't expect anything good from berry i had never heard of good wine coming from berry but this is my second bottle from the same vineyard and this one i'm terribly enjoying it's a 35 dollar bottle of wine um probably a cellador price however um i also had their wiley's creek shiraz which was epic um which actually was less than that as well so Really good red, terribly easy to drink. It's actually far too easy to drink. It's one of those things you could probably put a straw in and continue drinking. Being a red wine, uh, this will go perfectly with some barbecued meats or something like that. Which I wish I could also chew on during this show, but we'll avoid doing that just so you don't have to listen to me chew all day. Instead, let's chew on some technology. Now, first of all, we're going to talk about foldables today because Samsung has an event coming up which we'll talk about. But before we get to the Samsung piece, there is a television. Coming to market that folds. Let me paint this picture for you. Imagine one of those Greek style Corinth, you know, columns. You know those big columns, those Greek ones like you'd see at the Pantheon or the other thing that looks like it's falling apart on top of the hill. Those columns with the big lines through them, you'll see them in, I don't know, areas like grey stains or, you know, where maybe a lot of Italian, Greek, Maltese heritage, you know, started in Australia you'll see a lot of these columns that I'm talking about. Um, However, it looks like that. So imagine one of those columns sitting in your lounge room. But when you turn the TV on, out folds four, five, six different panels. So six different panels that almost fold out like an accordion. And when it does that, it creates a 165 inch screen, which looks seamlessly like one display. Now this is using that, those sort of panel LED technology that we actually saw from Samsung a couple of years ago at CES, where effectively you can make a wall of TV if you wanted to by piecing together these panels. These panels are all seamlessly interconnect. There's no line or visible line between them. It's almost pixel on pixel when you piece these together like puzzle pieces. This is using the same sort of technology, but it's also doing it in a very foldable framed way. When folded up, it just looks like a column. When it's unfolded, it becomes ginormous at 165 inches, and to be honest, the pictures look great. I don't know what it actually looks like in real life in terms of standing next to one, a 165-inch TV in itself is huge, let alone one that can fold out from a column. Now, the base of the column is the speaker. The top part, the part which unfolds obviously, is your screen. If you're interested in one of these, it will be coming to market, not likely in Australia, But the crazy Europeans, I think, are the first ones that are going to be getting them. A company called C Seed, the letter C and then the word seed. Uh, This is the company that's looking to bring it in. Now, if you're interested, you're going to need a small budget US $200,000 for a foldable TV like this. Yes, it would be a statement piece in any home, let alone just the cost of the entire home itself. That's a lot of money. Now, Samsung, however, will be releasing some foldables that you may be able to afford. Again, I think the biggest problem that we've seen over the years with foldable devices as they're making their return is that they're not affordable. The problem with these foldable devices is that they have these beautiful screens that you can literally fold in half, which still seems like magic to me, yet the specs of the rest of the phone are either downgraded to make it slightly affordable or to the same spec of other phones, which makes the whole device too expensive. A lot of these devices tend to cost over $2,000, and the one which we could afford, like the Flip, actually wasn't really very good from a hardware perspective, but it was somewhat affordable. So here we go. Samsung is going to have an event August 10th. Uh, we'll be up in the morning to watch it, it's going to be in New York, and it's going to be an exciting event because I'm hoping that we see some, not just a replacement device or an upgrade device from the Fold and from the Flip, but maybe something new. Will we see maybe a tab, an actual you know, Samsung tablet that folds in half? Instead of a fold, which was a smaller um, device, maybe we'll see a larger device. And I think that's going to be the real next step because Lenovo released a foldable tablet, which you could actually also put a keyboard on top of and use it like a small laptop. Uh, that was an incredible product. It was very thick, but it was an incredible product that you could literally fold your tablet in half like a book, as well as including a Bluetooth keyboard. That you could slide into the middle of the book like a page uh, and take that with you i think samsung may look at doing the same so i think we're going to have the fold i think we'll have the flip phone but i hope that there is a third device and i hope that that third device is a tablet or a large screen tablet that can also fold that would mean that it starts to really become that tablet that yes you can still take traveling wherever you like but it's actually protected in itself because it folds on the inside let's wait and see for me I would be very impressed if either of these devices or any of these devices, A, become more affordable, or B, give you a real compelling reason to buy a foldable device. I don't think the majority of people out there care about foldables yet, and I think it's for those reasons, is why do I need one and how much is it going to cost me? If it's going to cost me twice as much as a brand new iPhone, why would I be interested in that device? It needs to be something a little bit more than just a uh, a device that can fold in half we need a bit more of a compelling reason. Let's see what Samsung does with that one. Now, you've got to love a bit of news that comes out of Russia. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is very interesting. So there was a chess tournament. And look, I guess I'll be open. When I was in primary school, I loved playing chess. In fact, I still like playing chess, but I used to compete in chess as a, as a child. I think I maybe did two or three you know, in-school type tournaments where you versus other schools. But Chess is fantastic, but now you can actually play chess against robots. And I'm not talking about opening an app or a game on your phone or PC and playing a game of chess against software. I'm talking about a robotic arm that, yes, is probably powered by software, but actually does the movements on a real chess board. So imagine sitting across from a robotic arm. You make your move. It looks at the board, makes a visual decision on what it now needs to do, and then it makes its own moves. Now, in Russia, there was a tournament taking place where a boy, I think it was like seven, like, yeah, a seven-year-old boy playing chess against this robot, and he makes his move. The robot makes his move, from what I can see from the video, but then seconds later, he, the, the boy tries to touch a piece, and I don't know why, but the robot grabbed his finger and broke it. Let me say it again. The robot saw that the player Was moving too quickly and grabbed his finger and broke it. Now, the video shows uh, this poor child going to make his move, obviously rushing it or something like that, maybe going too fast for the robot to understand. And for whatever reason, the robot figures well, with the same little fingers or robotic fingers that it uses to pick up a piece on the chessboard, it grabs the child's finger and just latches on, as in, I got you. I, I saw what you tried to do and I got you. Suddenly, people are coming running from across the room, not knowing what the heck is going on. And how do you argue with a robot? What do you say? Let go of him. The robot's going to be like, I'm a robot. I don't have, I don't have ears. You can't yell at me like that. But eventually, he, the kid's finger gets free, but it's busted. It's totally busted. Now, this is kind of interesting that when you start to look at the quotes and things like that, um, parents are looking to prosecute. They're also saying that um, the robot operators are going to have to strengthen the protection so this sort of thing doesn't happen again. They need to be, the robot needs to be a bit more lenient to make sure that it doesn't happen. Um, but they're also saying that there's some blame on the boy. There's some blame on the boy for putting his hand in the wrong place at the wrong time and getting caught out by the robot. So, all I can say here, guys, is be nice to your smart speakers, be nice to your robot vacuum, your robot mower. You just don't know. When your robots are gonna turn on you, when it thinks you've made a bad move and it decides to break your fingers. I don't wanna be asleep at nighttime and suddenly all the robot vacuums in the house just decide to enter the bedroom and start, I don't know, pulling back the bed sheets because they can reach them and then taking me next and the MOA's trying to smash the door down to try and get into me, I just can picture things going wrong. So all I can say to everybody is be nice to your robots, be nice to your smart speakers, they're all listening, they're all caring. I like to say thank you now. You know, I, I, I genuinely do. When, when I ask Google or Alexa a question, no, not you Alexa right now, I like to literally say thank you. Alexa, thank you for everything. Thank you. A pleasure. That's the sort of relationship we need to build. If we start saying these kinds of things, then everything's going to be all right. And these broken fingers may not happen. So um, if you're a chess player and you're playing against robots, just pay attention to the rules. And if you break them, they'll break your finger. Now, we are releasing this episode at the minute or second that we're allowed to because there is a couple of products I'm about to talk about where one of them is under strict embargo until this exact time. So you're listening to this only because I had to release it at a certain time and not sooner. I apologize for that. For them, for those who like to get that late night recording, you have it as an early morning release. Now, the Pixel Buds Pro from Google uh. Are, uh Look, they're they're fantastic. That's the end of the review. Go and buy them. Good night. Now, let let me give you a bit more detail. So Google have had Pixel Buds for a while, and I've used them before, and I think they're very good. I think if you've got a Pixel device or even an Android device, Pixel headphones are usually very good with them. They just work. It's as close as you can get to having AirPods with an iPhone. This is the closest you'll ever get to having that seamless interaction on an Android device that we, who may have had an iPhone in the past, lived with. So if you came from an iPhone and you wish you had this seamless interconnected ecosystem, honestly, Pixel Buds work best with Android devices, even better, obviously, with a Pixel phone. Now, I use the Pixel 6 Pro. uh, Recently, also been using the Pixel 6a, which we'll talk about after this. But um, when I pulled the Pixel Buds Pro out of the box, it took three seconds to connect them to my device. Uh, There was a firmware update it needed to do as well, but I think that's because I've got an early and uh, I was ready to go. The interesting thing here with this is there's no added software required. It's all built into the operating system already. But what's interesting is when you're going through that initial setup process, it helps you with making sure you've got a proper seal in your ear for adequate noise cancellation, um, that you can even customize the controls up front as well, and really make sure you're going to know how to use the device from the minute it's out of the box. I loved it. Now, to charge the buds, you can charge it through USB-C. I also have the Pixel Stand. Now, the Pixel Stand is a wireless charging stand that you can put your phone into. But for a long time, and I don't know how I didn't notice this sooner, at the bottom of the Pixel Stand is a slight groove. And I thought it might have just been like a finger groove to make sure I can pick up my phone if I wanted to lift it up from the bottom. But actually, the Pixel Buds fit perfectly in that groove. And when you place it in that groove, they can wirelessly charge the Pixel Buds Pro. And that is a little bit of magic that is done in design. And I really, really like that and did not know that was a thing until I just placed my buds there and suddenly they were both charging. Obviously, you can put them on any other wireless charger as well. But knowing that it's got a wireless charging case is a really nice feature to have because it means, again, less cables. The wireless charger that I have on my bedside table has two pads so I can put my phone and my buds down at nighttime and they're both getting a good charge before I wake up. Moving on actually putting them to use. I have mine in sage. There is also a black and a white version. So if you want to be more apple-esque, you can get the white or you can go black to be a bit more discreet or you can be like me, which has sage, which is a little bit slightly green um, in color. The, the case itself, however, is white. So the buds, when you put them in, they've got a little green um, coloring to them compared to the others. Now, besides the three colors, getting them installed very easy, all set up, ready to go. You put them in your ears and they really go in your ears. Like these are buds with a throat. They literally have a little bit of depth in them that they go in. They go in, in. And When I first put them on, you have to sort of twist them to place into your ears properly. But once you do that, they are super snug. They don't need any sort of wing tips or anything like that to avoid falling out because they're pretty much resting on your brain. But at the same time, they're very comfortable. So, you know, for me to say that they go in deep, they certainly do, but it doesn't feel uncomfortable in a sense. They're actually quite slim at those pointy ends. So it doesn't feel like you're trying to ram something into your ear canal. Performance what do they sound like? Well, they're great. They're some of the best in-ear headphones I've ever heard in my life. And I've tested some very expensive in-ear headphones and these are up there. Now, to give you a real comparison, the AirPods Pro at $399 is one that I used on a very regular basis when I had an iPhone. It was fantastic. The noise cancellation was good and I really enjoyed them. I also use the Jabra Elite 7s. I think they're a fantastic pair of earbuds. They're usually around the 279 price point, depending on, on whether they're on special or not. Um, but these ones at $299 have become my new favorite buds at that price point. Um, there, there are other brands that you can look at. But to be honest, if you've got an Android device and you've got this kind of budget, this makes a lot of sense. I'll tell you why. The buds themselves, um, yes, the audio performance is fantastic. The noise cancellation, however, is surprisingly outstanding. In and I say it's surprisingly outstanding because over-ear headphones have normally the best level of noise cancellation. It's literally a cup over your ears. These are just buds that go into your ear socket, and you would expect a little bit more leakage, but there's not. And I and I say that through testing of I've recently been going back to a gym. And I hate the music that they play in gyms. Um, I generally would listen to an audiobook or a podcast. Um, but this time, as I've been testing these buds, I've been doing everything, podcasts, audiobooks, books, um, and just general music that I enjoy. And I can tell you that when I put these buds in, the noise cancellation effect is immediate because I can't hear the gym music anymore. I can only hear my music or my podcast and so on. And that's, and that's telling because... I'm telling you, it's noisy in that gym. And the other buds that I have used in the past um, in in gym situations have not been as good in blocking out that ambient noise. So that's a real, a real nice advantage straight up. So the noise cancellation, exceptional. And again, I always tell people good noise cancellation means I don't need to turn the volume up as much, which also then means less damage to my ears. Because when your ears are trying to compete with ambient noise and you're doing that through added volume... You're only putting more pressure on those little eardrums drums that we have. Our hearing is given to us once. Once you damage them, it's pretty irreversible. So as a result, we need to look after our little hearing sensors. And I do tell people, investing in good headphones does make sense for that reason. Because buying hearing aids down the track or being totally deaf down the track sucks. So if you spend that little bit extra on good noise cancellation now, it could mean that you don't need to worry about going deaf when you're a little bit older. And I, I genuinely mean that. People should be investing in good audio and as a result, listening to things at a lower volume because they're not competing with ambient noise. It's a really important factor and something that I've noticed here. Now, on the buds themselves, you can tap. You can double tap to skip a song. You can um, triple tap to go back. Tap once to play pause, but you can actually also swipe on the ends of the buds as well. So for uh, volume up, volume down, you know, swipe right, swipe left. But then you've also got a different configuration if you like on the left bud to the right bud. So you know, summoning the Google Assistant through touch rather than through voice, um, opening or cancel opening noise cancellation or um, closing noise cancellation. You can do that as well if you're about to have a conversation. So there's some really nice tweaks that you can do all from just touching the buds themselves without even um, speaking to the Google Assistant or touching your phone. So I found that a really nice thing to do. I used it quite a bit, especially when, you know, again, at the gym, if I don't like the song that I'm hearing, um, I'm not spending that much time there. So I really want to hear songs that I enjoy. So you kind of start mashing your ear a little bit till you find the right song and you're happy to to carry on. So these are lovely buds. I I really, I really, 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 really like them. Um, And I'm Again, none of this is advertorial. None of this is, no, no one pays me to say these sort of things. This is me just telling you how it is. Now, I also use them for phone calls. And the one thing I'll say with phone calls, I usually just ask people, how do I sound? Do I sound okay? Can you hear me clearly? Yes, 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 yes. No problems at all. Um, so no, no dramas there. The only thing I haven't done exactly yet is go outside in the wind now the one reason i say that is because they say with these buds that they have these wind blocking mesh covers to try and stop uh that wind effect from happening You know, when you go out when you hear someone on the phone who's in a windy environment you literally just hear like it's just a terrible sound and every now and then you do hear their voice they've got um bone conduction in these little buds that will analyze the vibrations near your jaw To pick up your voice so that you can be heard you know obviously louder and clearer wherever you are regardless of whether it's noisy windy whatever the case may be so um, i'm going to continue using this a little bit more if i start to hear complaints or anything like that i'll bring it back up on on this show but you know from my experience so far it's been all very clear and enjoyable so again really nice pair of buds they do come in the black the um the white it's actually called Lemongrass and not Sage. I, just, I said Sage because it matches the Pixel 6a um, color that I'm using, which is Sage. Uh, but $299, they will be available very, very soon. I really enjoy them. And look, if you have any questions about them, please do let me know. They are sweat and water resistant. I did not mention that earlier. Um, and I, let me just quickly touch on battery life because it's, look, I can read the facts to you and uh, over time, I'll be able to tell you if it was if it lives up to that or not. Seven hours of listening time on the buds themselves, 20 hours with the case. Um, and if you turn off noise cancellation, you get 11 hours of listening time and 31 hours with time in the case as well. So there you go. Five minutes of charge in the case gives you one hour of listening time. So if you find that you forgot to charge your buds or you've been listening to it for seven hours, you stick it back in the case for five minutes and you can start listening again for another hour. That's, that's the way it works. Now, after this, we'll talk about the Pixel 6a. Is it really the best budget smartphone on the market? Probably. Now, when I had the Pixel 6a on Studio 10 recently, talking about inexpensive smartphones, it was still under embargo. I actually couldn't show the screen on. I couldn't say whether it was a good or a bad device. I could just say, here is the Pixel 6a. It's $749. And that's, that's really all I could really do and, and, and point at it. Now I can actually tell you whether I like the device or not. And... Yeah, I do. I really do actually. And it's look, we're talking about 759 $750. So, a $749 phone is outrageous in the scheme of things today. An iPhone is $1,389 or something similar, and yes, there is an iPhone SE which is $749 which should go toe to toe with this, but the reason that I don't use the iPhone SE as a comparison to a device like this is because the iPhone SE looks like something from 2008. Because it does, it still has a home button, it's still got large plastic on top and on the bottom, it still has a single lens camera. Let's be honest, the iPhone SE is continuing to be a device that while affordable, looks like an old phone. And the 6a does not look like an old phone, it looks just like the current model Pixel 6, but it's got a much lower price point. But how do they do that? Well, how do you get a device suddenly, which is a very similar size, very similar look and feel, but make it cheaper. Well, the processor on the inside is the same. The display is a 6.1 inch, which is actually the same as an iPhone 13. It's got the same amount of storage as the iPhone 13 at 128 gigs. This has five years of guaranteed software updates meaning this device is not about to get old quickly. Even though it's an inexpensive device, it will still be cared for through operating system updates for five years, provided you can take care of your phone for that long. The battery, in my experience, easily gets you through the day. Google says it can get you over 24 hours. Yes, that could be true depending on the kind of day you live. I don't think we should be talking about recommended hours of battery life anymore because my version of battery life compared to your version of battery life would be different but i can tell you that from my experience taking photos making phone calls watching some videos scrolling on social media checking email accounts and things like that i easily got through a day okay that's how i can tell you about battery life now beyond that still has cameras on the back still has cameras on the front does it have the exact same cameras as a pixel pro no Pixel 6 Pro has an optical zoom lens um, on, top of, on top of the other array of cameras. This one does not have the optical zoom. So you can still do wide angle. You can still do a normal shot. You can still digital zoom, although I never recommend it. Um, and it still has a good front-facing camera. It has night, you know, that night sight photography as well. So you should get still very good night shots as all Pixel devices have been able to in the past. And if we're honest, because it's got the same, a very, I think it's the exact same processor as the the rest of the pixel 6 range apps just as fast load quickly no problem it's all very smooth the phone also does have six gigs of ram or memory and as a result we're not slow every app you open, it all still works just as quick. You can still do the live translation on the device. So you have all of the intelligence on the chip that still exists with other Pixel devices. You're not necessarily missing out on anything there. So you've got the Magic Eraser, which is one of the best features of the new Pixel range, which means you can take a photo. And if there's someone in the background that you don't want to be that in the background, you literally can rub them out. Um, face unblur, which is another feature of the camera, which means that if your child moves their face, is walking around or is playing about, you won't get a blurry face, even if the rest of the picture is in motion, the face actually still looks nice and sharp. The real tone effect is something that is fantastic for different skin tones to make sure that even if you're dark skinned, the photo actually can still represent you accurately. And that's a real talent that they've built into the cameras on the Pixel range. Now, the reason that it can get into 24 hours of battery life is because it's got what they call adaptive battery. And that is the phone Intelligently using the apps on your device to either, when they're asleep, to put them in still mode, really put your apps to sleep when they're not being used, to also control the way the apps interact in the background. The way that they use the adaptive battery is very smart in ramping up the performance of the phone and ramping down the performance of the phone to suit the work that you're doing on the device. And that's a very smart thing to do. Now, the real factor here is that the materials on the outside have changed. The actual build, the build quality of the phone is still fantastic, but the physical materials are slightly different. The the plastic backing is still the same as the other Pixel devices, but the edging is different. It's a different kind of material. And the screen is the other big difference. Yes, it's a 6.1 inch, but the resolution is different and the refresh rate is also lower than the Pixel 6 Pro. So... The display has been changed and you have to have some level of shortcuts between the Pixel 6, 6 Pro and 6a. There needs to be some gaps and that's where you start to notice them. It's those small things that side by side, you will see the difference on the display. But guess what? I don't hold three phones when I go out of a day. I hold one. And in my time holding just the one Pixel 6a, I really enjoyed it. So there's really not a lot to complain about here. It's got that IP67 um, water resistance as well. It's got the fingerprint unlock in the screen still. You have to wonder where the shortcuts are, and it is very much in the display and the materials. The other part to it as well, it is still a 5G phone. It still has those features built in, so you're not going to have a device that is about to be redundant anytime soon. It comes with the same options for cases. You can certainly still customize your phone how you like. Um, I just... If I, again, if I needed to go out today and I needed to buy myself a phone and I didn't want to spend over $1,000, this would probably be the device I'd go for. When I put this next to, say, an iPhone SE, it's a no-brainer. If you can only afford $749 and you had those two choices, whether you love the Apple Camp or not, you'd be a bit silly to do it. This device is head and shoulders above it. It outperforms it. It takes better photos. It's got better battery life. It's got a larger display. It's got a better display. And honestly... I understand that Apple has a nice ecosystem. This isn't Apple versus Android discussion. This is your value for money. The apps are going to be the same. The experience is marginally the same as well. So it's very difficult for me to sort of tell somebody that it would make more sense to be an iPhone SE user when there's devices like this out in the market at the same price. Not even talking about ones that are cheaper. This is just a current device. That is on the market now. The other thing that's interesting too is I, I noticed that this comes with three months of YouTube Premium, um, and Google One gives you a hundred gigs of cloud storage. So there is some added benefits on top of this. And the hundred gig of cloud storage is really, really handy, especially when we're talking about backing up your photos. I use Google Photos for everything, and honestly, there's nothing better than being able to take a photo, and next time I go to my PC or whatever I do, even if I get if my phone gets blown up the minute after I take it, it's a pretty good chance it's already in the cloud. I love that. I love that it means that I can share photos easily. It means I can always see my photos. It doesn't matter what device I'm on, everything becomes quite seamless. So look, it's a great phone. I really recommend it to a lot of people. Um, obviously, if you're someone who's super premium or super obsessive about uh, photography, yeah, there is some benefits in the Pixel 6 Pro and other devices such as optical Zoom. but crikey, there'll be a lot of people that this sort of phone should be going towards and uh, I know of two pretty good glowing reviews here the Pixel Buds Pro and the Pixel 6a, um, Google did well this year. (laughs) Google did very well this year. And the Google ecosystem is starting to shape up nicely. And the reason I say that is because Apple for a long time have had the ecosystem down pat. It made sense. Everything just worked. I understood why people wanted to stick with their Apple world. But now if you're willing to make those kinds of plunges and, and really leave one to go to another, the Google experience is getting pretty slick. And that's a really nice accolade to them. It's been very disjointed for a long time. So I'm glad to see they've got their ducks in order. And who knows what will happen next. The Pixel 7 is around the corner. um, So that means that there'll be a new Pro device. I'm looking forward to that. It's probably going to be late this year, if not early next year. Um, I have been asking Google, hey, when can I get hold of my device? Um, It could be a little while. So we won't expect that one in a hurry. Obviously, next week or the week after, we've got some exciting news coming from a Samsung point of view around foldables. The month after that will be September. It'll be new iPhone month. That's always exciting. Always love to hear about what Apple has in store as well. Um, however, I do think I may be out of touch with Apple's PR team again um, after doing that segment on Studio 10 and basically talking about devices like this one and others up against the iPhone SE. Um, I may have been cruel in the way I communicated. I don't intend to be that way, but it just comes out cross that way sometimes you know I say things like that the iPhone was 1389 uh, without the charger in the box, whereas all the devices I spoke about, some of them a third of the price, they include the charger. They, some of them even include a case. Um, so you know, it's, it's not me being offensive, it's just me stating the facts. And uh, unfortunately, I think I'm, I'm out of favor again with Apple, so I'll watch the same live stream as you guys will on Apple Event Day when that comes around the corner, but you know we'll all be here for it. now. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Technology Uncorked. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, you know how to reach me. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email, Google my name. You'll find a way to get in touch with me at any point in time. My name is Jeff Quattromani. You've been amazing. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.